0: Hello everybody and welcome to a brand new episode from Set in Tone this one is our Bad Wars special stick around because I'll be telling you more about what that includes right after the intro <laughs> everybody and welcome back to today's episode. This one is one that I'm really really stoked to be bringing you. It is our Bad Walls special and um, simply I was very fortunate enough to be uh, able to go and visit Bad Walls um, when they were touring in the UK and sit down with Doc to talk about a variety of topics. That interview will be coming right up. I hope you enjoy it. I do apologize if the sound quality is a little bit awful but nonetheless I hope you enjoy it all the same. So that interview is coming right next. Um, I hope you enjoy it. Hello everybody and welcome to Setting the Tone presents its Bad Wall special. We're live at the asylum here in Birmingham on the thirtieth of December 2022. Welcome to Doc everybody. Doc, welcome to Setting the Tone. Thanks for having me. I hope
1: I set the tone properly.
0: <laughs> I'm sure you will. Thank you very much once again for joining us. Um 2021 to 2022. It's been a bit of a a weird few years for us all, <laughs> it's safe to say. <laughs> yeah. Um obviously you guys over the last few weeks you've been on tour with Voltbeat and skin dread how was that in mainland europe i mean it was
1: for one i mean uh, i think the bigness like that the, the literal the size of that tour was a little bit of a to behold you know like i think we had an idea of uh, we've toured with a lot of big bands we've really uh had the great fortune to, to support a lot of massive bands but. Volbeat's like an institution in mainland Europe. And it's a. So that was like, it took almost a couple of weeks to get used to their stage because they had like this. Uh, they have like this very similar to like the snake pit, what Metallica has. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times there wouldn't be a lot of people in the middle, like right in front of us, but there'd be, you know, 10,000 people, but maybe 100 feet away. So you'd have to go out there and kind of greet them and just, it was. It was just a bit awkward at first, but once we kind of figured out our footing and how to uh, work the crowd and work those rooms, it, it went great. You know, and we, we I feel like we did very well with that audience, um, but it was just it was a really long tour and a lot of days off. We ended up having a couple shows get canceled to so some uh, unforeseen uh, circumstances, but it was great. You know, I think it's just so important for us to expose the band in all these markets that perhaps we don't necessarily get opportunity playing in front of and uh skindred amazing band those guys are just i, I just love them you know
0: yeah they're, they're the best compliment i can offer them is having seen them at download festival and um in my local venue and they can go from playing 100 capacity rooms to festivals like that and they just effortlessly switch it on and off it's, it's amazing
1: yeah they're they're fantastic and they were just like you know they, they were in the in the trenches with us every day you know you know trying to deal with the same thing trying to work that crowd and uh and also just you know enjoying the experience because some of these things they exist and then they're gone and it's just a piece of your memory you know
0: mm. yeah and, and equally I love heartbeat as well so it sounds like a perfect
1: oh, I'm a huge oh, Beat so... fan so his voice tone is so unique right it's huge well it reminds me a lot of Keith Caputo from Life of Agony mm. or Mina Caputo now So
0: awesome um obviously this is day three out of four um, of the UK leg um how's the the first few days gone and and how have the crowds been kind of receptive to Obviously DL because DL hasn't come out. I don't think you guys have been out for a good two, three, three, years. three years. It'll be three
1: years in like a month That's since great. we've been here last. Um honestly the first two shows have been incredible. I mean, we're playing small rooms, but they're filled and the people that are there are just super, super, super excited. And uh it's these are we these are the first shows we've headlined since Dear Monsters have come out. We've been we've been supporting the whole time. So in a weird way it was like even though that first show was amazing, it was like almost weird because we were so used to supporting these bands. It was like there's a kind of energy and a mindset as the headliner when people are there for you and kind of connecting with people on on that level. But then I went back, and I, you know, I, I kind of just like it kind of blazed by, right? The show just went back so fast. And I was like, didn't know how to feel about it. And then I went and I saw like video footage. I'm like, man, I think that show was pretty pretty damn good. And then London kind of took it up to the next level in terms of the intensity and just the this is just a lot of energy in in the room and it's it's really important to commune with your fans and not just a big festival where maybe people are there for you but a lot of people aren't necessarily there for you and the same thing goes with supporting a lot of bigger bands where people know us because you know our songs are on the radio and they have this awareness but it's a different kind of uh you know it's a different kind of performance and uh I, I really want to do it more. So it's 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 been fun. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah,
0: that's what you And which that's probably the main difference between headlining a smaller run like this as opposed to being out on the road with say Vault Beat Skin Dread that the intimacy is a little bit there and you're able to connect. Yeah, yeah. everything's different.
1: <laughs> it's a you know it's a it's a different world. And and I think getting to to do like the arena level touring, that in and of itself is a huge privilege because you have all these advantages. You know, bigger dressing rooms and amenities and food and and a lot of uh helpers and things like that and this is definitely i'm more used to this you know playing the clubs and nitty-gritty um but they each have their own uh type of appeal and i know some people prefer one or the other but i i like variance i like it when it kind of mixes up
0: um how do you put a set of scale well
1: it's um i want to say it's very tough when you have a short set list set time you know we don't, we're only playing half an hour and so you're really kind of focusing on i think the latest record because that's those are the songs you're yep. promoting and and also those are the ones that dl sang on so there's i think for him a bit more of an affinity for that um so it's try, kind of strike that balance between new and old and make sure that old fans know we're gonna we're not forgetting about them and we're throwing them a bone and keeping that consistency between like we're not like just shutting the door on old songs. There's like tons of old songs I'd love to play, but when you have a short set, you can't do that. But if the band maybe in the future headlines more, I love throwing like little deep cuts in there or so, Oh, you maybe forgot about this one. And because a lot of our songs go over very well live. Um and it's a different experience from the record to, to playing it live. So uh this one, um what we're doing now, it's pretty condensed as far as a, a live set. It's about half new, half old. But, uh, but it keeps energy going and it has its natural like kind of peaks and valleys because we're, we're a band with super, super heavy songs mm-hmm. and they have kind of songs that also can kind of bring it down and you can catch your breath on and so it's fun. I think it has a nice flow to it.
0: That's good. And like you say, the most important thing is dl feeling at home, as he's, he's much as he's probably happy to sing the old, the old albums, the old songs, he's wrote the new songs and he's connecting. Yeah. connect. No, awesome. Um, I guess my next question is obviously recently you guys have just put out the Deluxe Edition. Of uh, Dear Monsters and there's a particular track on there that I'm sure a lot of people will feel at home with. Remember, I'm coming home by Ozzy Osbourne. Was that something that you all kind of thought that's a collective decision, or did someone go, I want that?
1: So, what happened was you know, the album has been out for over a year at this point, and so this idea came about maybe doing this special edition. And you know, when you're we you have an album that's a little older, especially in like the digital era, you can just kind of put stuff out and and attach it to other things. and It was like the label really wanted something new and fresh to kind of help galvanize uh, support around the tour and get interest in the band just to have something new. And so on the last tour we did with uh, Papa Roach and Falling verse on our days off, we recorded that song. Uh, the way it came, the idea was was my idea. Because um, yeah, I don't know, I think Obviously, we're a band that's kind of known for a cover song. <laughs> and, I uh, can't
0: wonder what song that you yeah. and, uh,
1: <laughs> and, you know, we, this is our first official cover release since then. You know, so we're talking, you know, five years. And so it's about finding something that especially works with the singer and the vocalist. Like, that's the main thing I think about, but also something that you can make your own you know we essentially i found i tried to find as many ways to not play exactly what's on the original there's some parts where we'll like play like a line but it's it's, it is a reinterpretation and it you know we basically made it sound like a bad wolf song um and that's what i really you know you got to put your own spin on it i think to make it interesting and it's the original to me is perfect Mm -hmm. you know it's it's and you're like don't try and do what they did better just do your own thing with it and I just think you know and, and by the way you, it was an experiment you start it out you're like I hope we don't ruin it and then by the end of it you're like okay it's pretty cool but you don't it's it's risky you know when you just go and you kind of put
0: yourself on a ledge because it's there's a million ways to do it wrong and only a few ways to do it right and I suppose the danger is that there's such a, a connection and a, and a fan base that's tied to like that if they sure. hear they're like what are you doing blasphemy like, yeah, yeah yeah you know anyone else you probably could get away with it but that man <laughs>
1: yeah it's and you know there's very few kind of uh sacred cows in in uh this culture more so than ozzy and uh and you know we all grew up listening to an ozzy and sabbath and all that stuff so you gotta you have to treat it very preciously you know and so but i'm i'm very happy with the way it came out and i'm even more surprised how well it's gone over like the people seem to really enjoy it and that's gratifying i know
0: that when it was uh released shall we say i was like um well, well when's it coming because obviously the, the only the video came out initially and i was like where, where's it?" and obviously it did come later with the yeah. deluxe edition oh well, how do you feel that the album's gone over obviously because this is the deluxe edition your album in general has that gone over well do you feel
1: you know it's it's an interesting thing because in a way we kind of got the album out very quickly from the time it was, it was finished and it was kind of a whirlwind upon its release. And because of some, uh, legal issues, we weren't able to tour right away. So it was very odd. I've never done that where like I put that album out and kind of sit on it in terms of like being able to kind of connect the live show with the album and promote it. So we didn't really start pushing the record from a touring standpoint to like four months after the album came out and by the, th- by the way, anytime any time a band puts a record out, by the time it actually comes out, the band is kind of tired. <laughs> You're already tired of it. Cause you've been working on it. Yeah. Then you put the touring on it. And so I think for us, it's been, we knew this cycle was going to be a process of reintroduction and telling a new story and kind of, you know, the, the amount of uh, adversity I think we've dealt with in terms of uh, pushing this album and getting out there, I'm not gonna go into it in depth, but it's been a lot. We've had to kind of it's been an uphill battle, and I think through that we've you know our major successes have really been with some of the singles you know Lifeline, If Tomorrow Never Comes, you know uh, uh, Lifeline went number one at Active Rock Radio in the states, uh, If Tomorrow Never Comes went number two, both have streamed very well. I think the one area I wish we would have done a little better is I. I still don't think as many people have listened to the album. It's been more connecting with the singles. But I but we're so proud of the record. And I know the more people hear it, they'll really love it. And maybe that's part of the way, maybe people are changing their consumption habits, right? Like maybe people are listening to less albums and they're more, I'm going to come, I'll check out two or three songs. And then maybe the attention
0: span and the, the way people consume music has changed. I'm not totally sure. No, I think you want something. And I think in some it's quite sad that I'm pretty much kind of an old schooler i'm still buying albums i say buying albums like i've been doing it all my life i haven't but over the last two three years that's kind of where i've been going and as much as i love the idea of apple over here it's like 10.99 british pounds i think in the states it's probably about 11 12 bucks yeah it's a great idea to listen to as much as you want but i think it's taking away that that buy, that buying the physical products and having that journey looking at the album artwork and that's where the attention that i think is going unfortunately because of TikTok and singles and if it's like instant and whatnot but hey, it's 2022, right? What are you going to do? Yeah, I mean,
1: ultimately, the fans, you know, the consumers of the product are going to decide what methodology and, and the how they want to utilize it. Like, you can push it out any way you want, but there are certain fan bases, and we've seen this with huge pop acts, where they'll sell, you know, uh, Taylor Swift will sell, like, 200,000 vinyl, right? And so it's, clearly there's a market for that, and there's, you know i seen i think spirit box sold like an insane amount of vinyl their first week their album came out and they're a new band they're not some like old not mm-hmm. like they have a bunch of old men fans or whatever and so there is uh, a varying level of the way people want to connect with the band and i think a lot of that also has to do with how passionate your fan base is right or how kind of passive your fan base some people they like your man but they don't love your band mm-hmm. and sometimes it's maybe it's better to have a hundred thousand people who love your band as opposed to a
0: million people who like your band. Does that make sense? Yes, I get exactly where you're coming from. Um, something that's really taken me back recently, I don't know how you guys feel about it, but I'm seeing a few bands starting to cancel short shows in New York, whether or not they're doing half a tour or not. Um, I guess kind of what's your take and is there anything that we can do differently? Um, Listen, I think
1: there's certain trends that I think um, affect music in a very distinct way, but are not uh, unique to music, right? And some of these trends are the idea that guess what? Throughout the history of the entertainment industry, not just music the 1% of 1% have always made most of the money the people at the bottom rung have always basically been paying to do it, right? They're spending their own money to go on tour and make their own albums. They're not making any money. And it's all about can there be a sustainable middle class of musicians that can uh, operate you know, um, independently or you know, and sometimes even with labels and on a certain level where they can have a career and it's respectable? And I think we've seen that in all sectors in the last 20, 30 years. These trends of the small percentage of people uh, accumulating all of the, the, the wealth and sucking all that out of the system has eradicated the middle class, right? So when you 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 switch from record sales to streaming, you could have an artist who maybe would put a record out and sell 30 to you know, 60,000 albums and between that and their mid-level touring, they could make a living that was solid and respectable and have be a middle-class individual doing music. But the streaming revenue That would be commensurate with a band that would sell 60,000 records does not bring in nearly the amount of money. And then that has this cascade effect where all of a sudden that hits the touring and this and and you get, you know, and so really it's like the massive, massive acts. They're not having any trouble selling tickets. They're not having any trouble selling T-shirts. It's everyone else kind of like once the the pandemic uh, subsided a little bit where people could tour, what did you see? A flooded marketplace and, and right out the gate everyone was doing great because people were just so happy to get out of the house people had like extra money stimulus money and then now overflooded flooded market inflation higher fuel prices all this stuff has you know it's created just a very. Difficult time, but by the way, but this happened in two thousand eight too. You had financial crisis. You had uh, super high gas prices, at least in the states. I don't know if that was going on in in uh, the UK at that same time. And it's just like there are lean years, and I think people are trying to figure out how do you utilize touring as a mechanism because it's so expensive. And it's also just taxing on you physically and mentally takes you away from your family, all this stuff. These are real sacrifices, you know? Um, And I think bands are probably recalibrating what makes sense. Do we need to tour, you know, all year? Should we be a little more selective? Because it's at the end of the day, it's a promotional tool. Um, And sometimes even if you're not making a ton of money from the actual touring, you kind of need that as a way to market these other businesses. So. I don't know. I think it's something that each artist will have to decide for themselves what makes sense because some bands do great as a touring band, but maybe they don't stream a ton. Some bands stream a lot, but they're not necessarily draw a lot of people. Some bands are bands that sell a lot of t-shirts, and that's what they do really well. And it's in and there's many variations between that, you know. But there's definitely a, a conversation to be had about what does the future look like, and for me, it's about how do we have a robust middle class of artists that can survive from doing music and are not being exploited?
0: No, I agree. And I think there's a a bigger picture to be looked at, whether that's ticket price. I appreciate that. Obviously if touring costs, then the consumer has to pay because obviously the costs passed down. So I think there's a bigger picture to it all. And hopefully we can find a bit of middle ground, hopefully.
1: Well, listen, artists have always been exploited since they could be exploited, you know? Um, And, you know, I I tend to kind of veer away from self-victimhood because, listen, everyone's probably signed a bad deal or made some bad decisions when they were young in this industry. Um, That's, you know, people get taken advantage of. But once you've you've been around for a while and you kind of know the landscape, you know, it's like no one's forcing you to do anything. You don't have to go on tour. You don't have to sign a record deal. You don't have, like, it's, you know, a lot of you, I know this thing going around about, merch percentages and stuff, you know, and that being an issue. And it's like, I get it, but what do you do? Like, you just say, no, we're not going to play the venue. No, we're not going to play this. And and there's a lot of, like, kind of, you know, there's a few promoters that have not a monopoly, but a a very small market that, well, if I'm not with Live Nation, then I'm with AEG, or if I'm over here and there's a network of, you know, kind of these businesses that, I don't, I don't know I don't know if I have a great solution because I mean it's not like promoter, promoters are taking a risk every day right I mean for all the shows they make money on there's a bunch they lose money on yeah so it's it's um you know I, I think it's hard to, for me to, to get fully like in the position of I'm being screwed over because I just don't think that way
0: no 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 that's fair um just a, a few fun questions to close out the interview um obviously Christmas is around the corner um what's your favorite Christmas song if you have one
1: my favorite Christmas song. Um hmm. Probably I really love Little Drummer Boy. That's one of my favorites. Um what's that one? Damn, there's a off top damn. See, there's some I have in my head and I can't, can't remember the names of them, but you know, I love some Christmas music. Alright. I do. I really do. Especially you know, stuff in like the 50s. Can't like beat that.
0: classics, can you? The Frank Sinatra,
1: yeah, it's yeah, wonderful. Um, also, Bad Wolves' Carol the Bells
0: is also one of my favorite Christmas songs. I need to put that into my Christmas playlist, I've been it's, building one, it's really good. Um, I will put that in later tonight. I think you'll enjoy it. <laughs> um, what would you get the band for a secret sound if you had to put if you got one of the members from the band? What would you get for a secret sound gift?
1: So, well, if I tell you it's not much of a secret,
0: that's <laughs> uh, true. Yeah, that's, that's that's a fair point.
1: Uh, what. Are, what would I? What would I get someone? See, so you gotta remember, like every guy in my band is different. So it would be very personalized, you know, to each of you. You know, it's like Kyle, I'd probably get him a cool sci- sci-fi T-shirt. You know, John, I'd probably get him, you know, a pizza. <laughs> you know, Max, I don't really know what to get Max. He's like the, uh, you know, what do you what do you give the man who has everything?
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> um. You know, no.
1: DL, I give DL a, a vacation. Yeah. <laughs> He's tired.
0: He's had a long tour. He needs to go home and see his, see his kids. Bless him. Um, and, la- and lastly, what's what's next with Bad Wolves in 2023? I know for yourself personally, God forbid, we'll be playing select dates in the States.
1: Yeah, just a couple shows right after the new year. And then right after that's done, uh, a couple weeks later, Battles goes back in the studio, tries to finish this new record. Uh, for about three or four weeks and then we have three radio festival shows in the states in florida in april with volume reverse and breaking benjamin and bear tooth some tool and then i think there might be some tour dates around that as well but as far as i'm concerned my main thing is new, this new record and and hammering that home and, and just making sure it's great Something for the fans to definitely look forward to a new record. Absolutely. And, and, you know, we're trying to, you know, in, in many ways, I always knew Dear Monsters was going to be a transitional record because you're reintroducing things, you're getting people like, hey, this is what the band is. And this one, the next record is kind of like sealing the deal, you know, and really solidifying uh, not only DL's place in the band, but us kind of moving forward artistically and kind of... Because, you know, you don't want to day and still you don't want to do the same shit that's not no one i don't think i don't think a fan would want that i don't think we want that so it's so it's us really trying to like see where we can push the band and, and just get better you know not a bad idea keeps the excitement going right you, got, you just gotta got, got put it in we have and we have more talent i think in this band now than we ever have from a writing standpoint
0: um and so i think that's gonna be reflected in the end product awesome Doc, once again, thank you very much for taking time out of your day to join me on Sentinel. Absolute pleasure to speak to you. Thank you very much. And thank you for having me. Cheers. No worries. Hello everybody and welcome back. Thank you for tuning into today's episode to hear um uh, Sentinel Bad Wall special. That was Doc Coil there. Um really, really grateful to him and of course to a big shout out to Duff Press for helping me set that one up. Um I think what I really enjoyed about that particular interview, that but the parts of that interview that I really enjoyed the most is Doc responding to the questions about logistics of touring because I think at the moment it's a real real problem there's a lot of bands that will start to adjust the way they tour you know unfortunately we've seen recently Amphrax is probably the biggest example they did a UK tour, a European tour and I believe they slashed a lot of the European dates I believe they completed the UK tour side of it but a lot of the dates in Europe were axed due to financial reasons now I don't know what the answer is and to be truthful I don't mean to be disrespectful here to anyone but I don't think many people have the answer either. Um, I think part of the problem has been that during the pandemic years, where everyone was locked down and there was no movement, there was no music, there was no going to concerts, as such, um, you know, now we've got this influx of all these bands that have had shows booked or rebooked and they've got to go ahead. And I don't know whether or not, in some respects, that's given the opportunity to rise in costs because there's more demand. I, I honestly don't know. It's just my take. But it is a problem and it's a worry for a couple of reasons. The worry as a fan that you you could worry about is that you're going to miss out on seeing your bands. You're going to miss out on shows because bands can't afford to come and tour near you and play shows near you. As a band, the worry is that you, A, you might not be able to promote what you're trying to promote, whether that be a new album, single, or just promote yourself for a band to try and get out there. And secondly, you're not going to go and see your fan base, which. With all due respect to every band and artist out there, make no mistake, you are in a position, and I'm sure a lot of you realize this already, so I don't mean to preach, but you're in a position where you are because fans are coming to see you. And I, I know a lot of you love the fans, you know, I'm not trying to preach far upon it, but you know, it is uh, very much a to play a show, you need fans to come and see you business. It's as simple as that. Uh, and there are some genuine concerns. So I don't know what the outside in 2023, I don't know whether or not the costs will level out. Um, or whether or not they will stay the same, I, I don't know. I um, I haven't got a crystal ball unfortunately. Yeah. What I want to do say is a massive thank you once again to Doc for his time, massive shout out to Bad Wolves. I thought they had a fantastic show this past Tuesday night um, in Birmingham. Uh, unfortunately, I was meant to do to, to speak with DL and as much as I'm grateful to speak to Doc, uh, I was due to speak to DL, but DL's vocals on the, on the day were um, trying to recover. Uh, and unfortunately, that's probably part of the, the wear and tear of being on the road for two months in Europe and then doing uh, a four-night UK tour as well. Uh, unfortunately, you know, you, these things happen. So, dear, don't get me wrong, DL, as much as he was struggling on the night, um, f- a massive amount of respect and love to the band for... You know put themselves out there and wanting to fulfill the show and of course the DL for trying to do his best with the vocals um the fans really came into their own on the night with uh, um of course bad walls play zombie and if they they hadn't played zombie i think they have been lynched you know they've been lynched and chased through the uk for not playing it but everyone really played the part and trying to support the band and carry them through the show and and that love and energy was clearly you know back a back and forth thing um what more can i say thank you to everyone for tuning in, in 2023 to hear what i've got to say i want to say a massive shout out a firstly to everyone that listens to what i've got to say please do not think for one minute rob who speaks to you as setting the tone does not appreciate you guys and girls for tuning in to hear what i've got to say it, it means the absolute world i'm not the biggest podcast in the world um hopefully one day i can you know keep trying to climb up that ladder and you know make headway but I, I appreciate everybody that you know whether you're speaking about setting the tone whether you're listening about setting the tone whether you're downloading an episode set tone whether you're listening to 30 seconds and you're just letting the rest of the episode play out thank you very very much um for that and of course thank you to all the bands artists that I've spoken to in 2022 um without a shadow of that it's probably been the biggest and bestest year I've had in the two years of running set in in terms of the artists that I've spoken to, you know, some of the, the artists and bands I've spoken to are Dot Call of Bad Wolves, um, Rob Felicit from Boring for Soup, uh, Brian um, from Silver Sun Pickups, um, the guys from Valerian Sun, you, you know, there's been a host of people, you know, um, interviewing the, the guys from Under at Download, Um so many different people, you know, control the storm. And equally, and, and I want to give a massive shout-out to the PRs that have helped put me in contact and set up the interviews, you know. The likes of Sam PR, the likes of Duff Press, you know, who equally help with the Bad Wolves, Koza um, um Hold Tight, Public City, um I'm trying to think of anyone else that I might be missing here. Um, Nelly at the Noise Cartel, the Noise Cartel, um, Guys and Girls, Good as Gold. Um, Jamie from Rage PR. There's so, there's so many people, you know, uh, Phoebe Sinclair at Appetite Publicity, uh, Death Kitty, um, Hailstorm PR. I'm sorry if I've missed you off the list, but you know, a massive shout out to everybody that's helped uh, we've you know put a set of tone episode together by you know getting in contact with bands and sent them interviews i know all of you out there work tire, tirelessly sorry um for what you do and it's it's definitely appreciated and of course a massive shout out to ld comms you know go, being able to take setting the tone to download festival 2022 was enormous the you know when that email came in to say um and tone will be you know going to download was the, the grin on my face for days was huge so um yeah i've really had a good year and i, I want to say you know it, it's part you know in part because of you people out there for tuning in to hear what i've got to say so thank you very much and i really do appreciate it and as always if you've got something that you've got coming up that you're dropping an album a single please feel free to reach out to second you can email stt-settonoutlook.com or reach out through Facebook or Instagram, which is Set in UK Podcast, or drop me a tweet at S T T um, UK Podcast on Twitter. I'll do my very very best to accommodate and review, um, you know, what you've got coming in and, and see what we can do. But uh, once again, I, I can't thank you all enough. Um, I hope you all have a wonderful uh, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. And here's to 2023. Everyone have a safe time over the holidays, and um, let's all make it even better in 2023. Bye bye for now.